0: Welcome back. Thank you again for joining me today. Today I'm excited to tell you how my latest book came about because the description I had in the book is not um, well descriptive enough because the journey is actually quite deeply spiritual and firstly how did the title come about? A lot of people think it's an interesting title and as a writer of several books, I've hardly used the word God in any of the titles. And this book, Artha, God Wants Us to be Rich, had evolved. Actually, it had a few titles before this title came to me. Uh, and that was, um, one was spiritual money, the other one is, um, wealth is a spiritual process, but none of them was sitting or did not feel quite right with them. Until this name popped to me. And then I wasn't sure whether I should use such a bold title. It's quite bold. But something in me said, yes, I want this message to be out. It said, too many people are preaching the message of renunciation. Which is good, but there are too many of them already. Not many are preaching that it is rightful for you and justified that you should earn some money that you should live in some comfort and luxury and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that that even spiritual people, and especially spiritual people, should seek wealth. This is because spiritual people have already become selfless. If you want to take the path to sacred wealth or spiritual wealth, you have to develop a feeling of selflessness, which is actually a spiritual journey, a journey to self-realization makes an aspirant selfless. Any spiritual journey is to move someone from selfishness to selflessness. So it seems that the pursuit of money also requires that. As part of our Purushartha, or our Dharma, we have Dharma, Artha, Kama and Moksha, as it is stated on top here. These are the four purposes of men. Dharma is something you will practice when you are young as a student, and you will practice this as an underlying principle throughout your life. Where righteous actions and selfless service is what you do generally and the way you think. You are always conscious of somebody else and the world at large, and you are always kind, peaceful, and calm. And giving. Artha here means wealth, all security and money. If you are a householder, which most of us are, you need to earn wealth. You need to accumulate wealth for your life, for your purposes, for your food, for your children, for your wife and husband, for their education, for traveling around, and also to help others. You will be blessed. All of us will be blessing wealth if we only adhere to this rule that with our wealth, we must also share it with others selflessly. We must generously give our wealth to others. We must have a giving and willing heart to anybody and everybody. We should not judge anybody whether that guy is a crook and he's trying to call me or whatever. It's a lie or whatever. No. Somebody comes to you for help. Somebody comes to you for money. We should be able to have the wealth to help others. And that is by law. As it is explained in this book. Next we have karma. Karma means pleasure. And um, we are entitled to some pleasures as well. And like um, taste, we like to enjoy some food, drink, sightseeing, things for the eyes, music is a treat to the ears, and it also involves sex. Now, this sex is about for procreation, so we have to um, indulge in sex to bring in the next generation, and that's how the dharma is also maintained, whereby there are enough population in the world. But we should not get overindulged with it either our artha or kama, we should do it with dharma. Dharma meaning the balance of the world. Finally we come to moksha. Moksha means liberation, freedom. And this is the final stage. So at this final stage is when we practice renunciation. This is where we learn to detach ourselves from all our attachments, from our families, from our assets, from our monies and all of that. We're supposed to hand over our businesses, and our wealth and our inheritances to the next generation as we slowly prepare for a spiritual life of self-realization to know that I, you and everybody on earth are not these material beings but a spiritual something that is devoid of time and is omnipresent. We are spirit, we are soul and um, by understanding this You remove all agitations in your mind and heart and you learn to detach yourself from all the things and bondages that you've created through your life. Now, this is the final stage. It prepares us to exit the world peacefully. So now, in short, these four stages, these four um, purposes, is what every human being should go through and experience and live in order to live fully. So, there is um, Dharma, that is always there. That means you always have to be conscious and you always have to conduct righteous duties. And there is wealth and there is pleasures and there is moksha, um, liberation, which is the final stage where you say goodbye to artha and karma. Um, so this is the explanation of why for Hindus, it is all right and it is required to earn money and to be wealthy. It also includes the spiritual people because the, because, to access spiritual wealth, <laughs> you must become spiritual first because your wealth is in you by the realization that you are spirit and this spirit is unmanifest. You and I are unmanifest spirit. We are only one spirit and we are known as the self or the soul. Now it is the self or the soul that has manifested everything that we see in this world. This world at first, all these buildings and skies, anything that you can see in the mind can cognize, was created by soul. We are that unmanifest. And that's why money and wealth being a manifest object, something that the mind can cognize, can easily be manifested by an unmanifest entity. And that unmanifest entity is you and is me it is every human being every human being is an unmanifest entity that is capable and has the power to manifest everything and anything and that's the root and that's how we find and that's how we're bold enough it's said, for us to use a title like this because it is god's plan at the end of the day because If everything came from god if everything came from that unmanifest entity and if god is in you and if you are so then you are therefore that unmanifest entity who is capable of manifestation and this is why god acts through us and you need to have we need to have a connection and we need to have an understanding of who this i is because this is the i that makes you understand that you are an unmanifest humongous entity capable of manifesting anything purely through your mind and a strong connection to God. Without this connection to God, the soul to God, manifestation cannot happen. And this is what makes the pursuit of wealth a highly spiritual journey. I will end here and I'll see you back in my next video. Thank you again for joining me for another episode. I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Hello and welcome back to my channel. My name is Joy Nandy and I'm the writer of these various books over here. Today I'm going to talk about is it okay for spiritual people or spiritual businesses to charge money for the services? This is something that is rampant on the internet. A lot of people, healers, spiritual healers and guardians, Reiki masters, yoga instructors and anybody who is out there who set up a business or a service which is designed to help somebody else spiritually is actually entitled to charge money. There are people who will ask, if you're spiritual why do you do something for money now here's the biggest secret that even sages sometimes can't tell you the thing is if you are a householder but also have a spiritual business and the chances are that is true for, for the most of us then you are entitled to charge for your services if somebody were to ask you if you're a spiritual person why do you charge money then that person also is accountable to his words, because how can he expect something without giving something back? The thing is spiritual teachers and organizations you guys have your your studios or your offices or your houses that you will have to pay rent for you have renovated you got your electricity bills you got you also need to make money to feed yourselves and your family so according to Dharma, Artha, Kama and Moksha If you're a householder and you're doing a job as a spiritual counselor Then you still need to charge money to maintain your household Now it's just like a lawyer or a doctor who does work and people pay a lot of money for it I don't see any difference between a spiritual healer The lawyer and doctor have bills to pay They have their houses, their cars, their children and everything in their lives to pay for. I don't see that any different to a spiritual person who is offering his services and his time and genuinely want to help somebody else heal. Having the goodness in the hearts of these kind of spiritual people, wealth and money should be a reward for them, for their kind deeds, for their good actions, for their good heartedness to want to help somebody else. They take the time off. They create studios. They decorate them. They buy equipment. They buy a lot of things only to help another soul. So why shouldn't they charge some money to maintain this outfit? Because if you do not have the money, you cannot pay for yourself. You cannot afford food. You cannot afford to pay your bills and you're certainly not in business. If you're not in business, then no one else gets to benefit from your services. So for all you spiritual guys out there, guys and girls, please do not be afraid to charge money. Well, of course, don't charge ridiculous fees and whatever. And it will be good to give things for free sometimes, especially to the ones who can't afford it. Heal them and they will be your follower. They will come back to you and they will pay you back lots more at some other time in the future. Now here's the deal. You run your businesses and you try to help people genuinely. If customers or clients say, why do you charge me money for something that you're doing that's spiritual, you can easily tell them there always has to have an exchange in anything that we do. If you just take and give nothing in return, even the good advice that the spiritual healer has given to the customer will not work because that person, he's a very selfish person if he received benefit from somebody if he has healed if he has learned something from someone else then there's absolutely nothing wrong in giving some kind of consideration you see when we go to temples ashrams and any place of worship we donate money we just donate nobody asks us money but there are donation boxes all over and we put money in them so why is that different when you walk into a spiritual center, somebody has set up a business akin to an ashram or a temple that actually looks into the welfare of another human being? Why shouldn't that place also receive donations? So with that, I leave you with thought that anyone who is genuine and sincere in helping somebody else is entitled to charge some money only so that person is able to continue is able to continue is able to continue to do that service to mankind thank you again for joining me my name is join Andy. please visit my website it's joinandy.com if you would like to have a preview of my books and if you like to wish if you like to leave a comment Please do so and subscribe to my channel. There will be lots more of this kind of conversations. I look forward to seeing you in our next video. Jaiku.